Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm David Walker, and I'm joined by my partner in crime, Evan Birchfield. Evan, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, TW. Um, how are you? I'm doing great. Um, actually, kind of liking the fact that the Falcons are in playoff mode right now. It's, yeah. making, these, it's making the games more interesting because there is actually something on the line. As opposed to you know just draft position like we've been yeah. dealing with, um, exactly. Yeah, and what's what's interesting too is it's one of the like rare scenarios where if you're because right now if you were to ask like a random Falcons fan, it's like they're either all aboard the let's go to the playoffs train or they're all aboard the let's tank and get a better <laughs> draft spot. Not that it'll help right now, but like there's you know and there's p- probably people listening to this right now that they're obsessed with the draft and nothing wrong with that at all. But it's unique that we're in a situation where it's like everyone's getting what they want, at least yeah. for this until this weekend yes. <laughs> where things will change a little bit. A very, very rare instance of that. This has been a weird NFL season. Yeah. Um, if you guys couldn't tell, we're here to talk about preview the Falcons week 15 game in San Francisco against the 49ers. Uh, the 49ers coming into this game third in the NFC West. They're seven and six, but right now they're the current sixth seed in the NFC. Um, in a you know they're in a really strong division right now with uh, the Cardinals and the Rams ahead of them. Uh, so they're they are no slouches in their own right. Um, the Falcons come into this game at six and seven, so uh, they could actually tie up the record and send both teams to seven and seven and have the tiebreaker over San Francisco. This game has a ton of weight to it. Um, and it's going to be in you know mid late December for the Falcons. We haven't done mm-hmm. this since uh, 2017. This is nice. Um, so Evan, before we get into the matchups uh, between the offense and defense, as always, give us an update on the health of these two teams and you know mm-hmm. what injuries may be looming large as we head into Sunday. Yeah. So um, I'll just mention kind of the bigger names on the 49ers and. Um, George Kittle, he was not practicing uh, on Wednesday to due to uh, knee soreness. He was limited on Thursday, um, so he's headed in the right direction. Um, and then one of the other big names for them, uh, Elijah Mitchell, um, he's been their best running back throughout the season. It's just been injuries that have slowed him down. Um, he missed last week, uh, week 14, due to a uh, concussion. He's dealing with a knee injury and a concussion this week. And um, as DW said, we're doing this on Thursday evening. Um, so we don't know, obviously, Friday's injury report. So be on the lookout on the foulcollar.com for that. Um, but he has back-to-back games of no participation. Um, so it doesn't look good for him heading into Sunday's game. 
And then uh, linebacker Dre, Dre uh, Greenlaw is another one. He is n- not practicing due to a groin injury. Um, looking at the Falcons side of things, uh, full participant from Richie Grant, uh, Adi Kumbo Agundije, which I'm trying to get better at saying, um, <laughs> and Hayden Hurst all f- uh, participated in full on Thursday. Hayden Hurst had a non-COVID um, illness that kept him out of Wednesday's practice, but he's good to go on uh, Thursday. Um, on the non-participant list, uh, Cordero Patterson and tight end Lee Smith bo- uh, both got rest days, well-deserved rest days in my opinion. Uh, Dante Fowler Jr. is the big one to watch. He's still not practicing due to a mm. calf injury um, that he sustained against Panthers. And then Eric Harris is still on it. He's done for the season. Um, I mentioned it in the article. If you go to falcon.com and you check those out, um, he's just not been put on IR yet, but he's definitely not playing like there's no chance. So yeah, that's basically the injury report summed up for Thursday through Thursday. Yeah. And Dean Pease did mention Jalen Hawkins will basically get all the snaps that Eric Harris was getting. Um, Hawkins has he's looked good a good bit of the season. He struggled as of late. And I think that's probably coming off of, uh, an injury he had a few weeks ago, but he will get uh, all of the snaps. Um, Richie Grant, at this point, uh, according to Dean Pease, is effectively our starting nickelback. Um, so he is mm-hmm. uh, effectively a starter now, um, just not at the position that fans thought he <laughs> would be. Uh, but he's you know he's getting those snaps, and uh, that actually that's that slot corner is a very important position um, mm-hmm. in Dean Pease's defense. Uh, for the 49ers, man, George, George Kittle is very notable. He's arguably one of the best receiving tight ends in the league. Um, Absolute, you know, force in the passing game. And then Elijah Mitchell is their leading rusher. Um, And he is, you know, a very good running back as well. Uh, Falling, you know, he's got 759 yards rushing this year on Mm -hmm. 4.6 yards per carry, five rushing touchdowns. Uh, You know, after him, it falls off and you go down to guys like, um, you know, Jeff Wilson. Uh, yeah, I don't think you're, you know, writing about being scared about those guys. Wow. So Mitchell is, he would, those are two significant names for the 49ers on that injury list. Yeah. The only thing that changes if, if Mitchell is out, um, Jeff Wilson's technically their starting running back, but you end up seeing more Debo Samuel, who's been kind of yeah. doing like a Cordero Patterson thing, uh, obviously playing more receiver than Patterson. Um, but he's been used in the backfield a ton for them this year. He has uh, 240 yards already yep. and six rushing touchdowns, <laughs> which is more than Elijah Mitchell, who's actually their running back. <laughs> yeah, and Samuel is averaging 7.3 yards per attempt, so yeah. he is certainly having uh, a good season and has 1,028 receiving yards, which is ridiculous. Uh, uh, this is why a lot of people are really high on Debo Samuel, rightfully so. This this guy is a baller, um, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, this uh, obviously, you know, it, it's ideal if they can have Mitchell in there. Um, but as you know, that Samuel is uh, really killing it uh, all over the field. Um, all right. So let's talk about this matchup. Let's talk about the Falcons offense going up against this San Francisco defense. Um, top of mind, Evan, what's one of the things that concerns you uh, or that stands out to you as far as this San Francisco defense and how the Falcons match up against them? Um, well, I mean, as I mentioned, they've got a lot of like their key uh, defensive players on the injury report. So that'll be something to watch. Like Aziz uh, Al-Sharir, I butchered that name too, but he's leading their team in tackles. Like he's mm-hmm. a really good 
uh, linebacker. Fred Warner is another one who's not practicing for them. Um, so that's another name to keep an eye on. Obviously, like Nick Bosa, they, you know, they've got a much better defense than the Falcons, if we're being honest. But <laughs> um, so that obviously scares me on the defensive front. Um, but overall, I mean, they're not th- kind of like the Falcons. They're not a good home uh, team. Like, I think in the last two years, they've won, I think, maybe like three uh, home That's games. It's crazy. Yeah, it's bizarre. Coming into the season, they were like, uh, there was some record. It was like 0-10 or 0-11. Like, they were just terrible at home. Um, so that's one thing that, you know, maybe helps the Falcons slightly. And then obviously, you know, Kyle Shanahan, that's uh, who knows. But, you, you know, we're I know we're talking defense, but that's kind of the big thing for me is Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, to your point, they've won just two games at home. Um, yeah. It, it was against the Rams and then – uh, against the Vikings. So this is a very uh, uh, sort of obscure team as well. Uh, and, you know, they're seven and six, which means five wins on the road. Um, interesting from the 49ers. Yeah, it, I'm with you. If I look at this uh, 49ers defense, um, the names that jump out, Nick Bosa, uh, you know, top tier pass rusher, uh, able to really disrupt the pocket. Eric Armstead, uh, similarly, just a well-rounded player on the defensive line. Um, you know, he can generate pressure, but he's also good against the run. Um, and then you look at uh, DJ Jones, who's uh, you know pretty good in, in just sort of filling up the defensive line. He's a big guy mm-hmm. in the middle. Uh, but, you know, this is uh, when I was doing my game preview, I thought the San Francisco defense was going to be better uh, sort of overall than what I saw. Uh, but in reality, they're sort of a mixed bag, like they're 20th in points allowed. Um, which is sort of you know close to the bottom third of the league. They're mm. they're ninth in sacks. They've got thirty three, so they're they're in the top ten, but they're twenty fifth in passer rating allowed. Um, so quarterbacks can actually have a pretty good day against this secondary. They're also seventeenth in yards per carry, um, which incidentally is lower than the Falcons. The Falcons' run defense is actually better than the San Francisco run defense, <laughs> if you could believe that right now. I think um, it's more their pass defense that's just been really good against, like Nick Bosa, for example. I mean, he might break the record. I know we got a the, an extra game this season, but he has a chance to like break the sack record. Um, and it's kind of crazy. Like he's when you look at their numbers uh, in the pass rushing game, like he's really like distanced himself from the rest of the oh, team. Yeah. Just like sack wise, it goes from him having fourteen sacks to the next guy having four yeah, from quarterback hits 28 to the next guy having seven. (laughs) That's that's so insane. Yeah. He is, he is an absolute monster. Um, Yeah. So yeah, he is, you know, definitely I'm looking at Jake Matthews and I'm looking at Caleb McGarry and I'm thinking you guys have to, uh, depending on who he lines up across uh, probably going to be McGarry for a good bit of the game. Mm-hmm. absolutely have to make sure you you try to limit this guy. And honestly, if I'm the Falcons, I'm looking at uh you know that 49ers ranking as far as their ability to limit the run, you know, like I said, they're 17th. Um so they're in the bottom half of the league if you want to be very technical, you know, 16 being the mm-hmm. uh, the the line of demarcation. Um if I'm the Falcons, y- you've had three straight games with over 100 yards rushing. 
last week against the Panthers, they rushed the ball more than they passed the ball, which is you know something we've rarely seen in Atlanta over the past five or six years, um, going back really to 2016. Um, if I'm the Falcons, I am leaning hard and often on the running game. Corderell Patterson, um, Mike Davis, Quadriol Listen, and the improving Falcons offensive line that has really done a good job these past three games. And I do, again, I want to point out, you know, two of those teams that they got a hundred yards against were in the top three in rush defense when they went in um, and, you know, Jacksonville and Tampa Bay, and they, they ran the ball effectively against both of them. And of course, again, you know, last week against Carolina, who was in the top 10 in rush mm-hmm. defense. So if I'm the Falcons and, you know, look, I'm the secondary for San Francisco uh, you know, there's a familiar face in Josh Norman, but he's he's 34 years old. Can you believe that? Um, and it, so he's on the wrong side of 30. And then they've got a rookie in Ambry Thomas, who uh, is you know third round pick. He's only played a couple games, and it looks like he may be lining up outside. He's he's having a bit of a rough season as a rookie, which you would expect. Um, they've got you know some some good safety play. Jimmy Ward in the in the back end is is a very good player. Um, mm-hmm. So. It, you may be able to get something going in the passing game, but if I'm the Falcons, I'm like, man, I, I'm going to run until they stop me. Yeah. I'm going to, which is kind of what they've been doing the last two weeks. Yeah. Um, I think it's what back to back, uh, games of a hundred over hundred, like total rushing yards, three straight, three straight games, Yeah, Jacksonville, so. Tampa Bay, and now Carolina. So yeah. Yeah. Um, last time they did that was in 2018 and, um, you know, right now they're they're the running game is going and it's going because the Falcons offensive line is actually doing a really good job uh, in mm-hmm. run blocking. So, you know, credit to them. And of course, you know, Bosa is a fantastic pass rusher and Carolina came into last week. Um, I think they were third in sacks in the NFL and we didn't and, you know, we didn't allow a sack. That's not to say. Matt Ryan wasn't pressured. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was pressured. He just he didn't get sacked. Um, I, I suspect well, there is the potential for the Falcons to do something similar as what we saw, you know, against Carolina, where you know they get the run game going, get over 100 yards rushing, um, have a really balanced offense. Maybe try to use that to keep that pass rush, keep Bosa at bay. Um, but in my mind, that is their only path to victory. If, if you're gonna drop back and pass it 50 times, I, I think Joey Bosa is gonna eat Matt Ryan alive. Yeah. So. Um, any other, like, do you feel like from a fantasy standpoint, if you're looking at this and, and you're thinking about any potential Falcons to start, uh, do you still go with Patterson who is still, you know, arguably running back one in the league? Um, do you start looking towards Kyle Pitts and, and thinking, all right, maybe he's got some decent matchups on the outside against guys like Norman and Thomas. Um, who do you look at from the Falcons standpoint offensively and think, ah, maybe this is a guy I think may, that may do well. Um, I mean, Cordero Patterson at this point, he must start um, every week. He's just, the offense is flowing through him. Um, you know, Matt Ryan, for most people, this is kind of the start, the week one of the fantasy playoffs or the yep. first round. So these games matter like 10, ten times more to where like, if this was week seven or something, it's like, yeah, if you want to play Matt Ryan, I mean, the, the 49ers are the, I believe, given up the 10th, uh, most to uh, posing quarterbacks at this point. So 
that would be a favorable matchup, but yeah. he hasn't been performing well. Um, the other guys like Kyle Pitts is another one where it's like, yeah, there's not a whole lot of tight ends out there. Um, TJ Hawkinson, for example, was one of the like must start tight ends this year. Um, and he's been very up and down and he went out, uh, he's done for the season now. So yeah. you may not have options to where you have to start Kyle Pitts, but at the same time, he hasn't had more than, uh, 20 points since week seven, like his, his games have been like three, nine, 10, five, four, eight, 11, 11 <laughs> last week was pretty good against Carolina, but it's like, is he a must start? No, but you probably don't have any other options. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would shy away from, um, obviously Matt Ryan Patterson should remain in your lineup, but one other guy, uh, worth, starting if you're in a you know very desperate situation as russell gage who's come on come on late good point um, yep he yeah i mean the matchup is it's not like the best matchup in the world um you know san francisco is not like a terrible defense by any means but the thing is the falcons ha- like they're going to throw the ball they're, they're going to run the ball obviously but they have to throw the ball at some point and there's not a whole lot of weapons um for Matt Ryan out there. Um, they, they've given up a hundred, uh, the San Francisco 49ers defense this year has given up 172 receptions with his 12th most in the league. So if this is a PPR league, um, that's kind of where gauge is going to like do very well for you over the last three weeks. He had 18 against Jacksonville, 22 against Tampa, and then 10.4 against Carolina last week. Um, he's been getting six plus targets over the last four weeks. So, Russell Gage is definitely one that if, again, if you're desperate, I have no problem with you rolling the dice on Russell Gage because Matt Ryan's going to have to throw the ball at some point. Yeah, he will. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the corners right now for the 49ers, they're, one of their best corners is out. Um, and, and you've got mm-hmm. Josh Norman. Uh, and I'm looking at the PFF scores, so take that for what you will. Josh Norman, 52.1 coverage grade. Uh, Kawan Williams, 56.7 coverage grade. Um, Diamador Lenoir, 58.0 coverage grade, Ambry Thomas, 29.3 coverage grade. And that, you know, I'm looking at Russell Gage and I'm thinking, buddy, this is your opportunity because mm-hmm. you're, you're going to be going against some corners that, uh, you should be able to get the edge on. So yeah, I'm with you. That's a hey, great, he has great over game. 60 yards too, in the last three games, like 60 yeah. plus yards. So, I mean, he's getting thrown the ball. Um, yeah. obviously you want him to score especially if you're in your standard league fantasy league. But um, there's, if you've been reading my, my fantasy articles, not to do a shameless plug here, but on the foulpod.com every uh, Friday or Saturday, look for my uh, fantasy articles. And I've gotten a point where I'm just repeating myself. I'm like, if you, you, you probably have to start pits, don't start Ryan. Cordero Patterson's a must start every week and keep an eye on Russell Gage because he has some value. Yeah. Uh, certainly in that flex position, he would be yep. you know, someone that could give you some good value. So, yep. all right, that is uh, the Falcons offense, how they stack up uh, in the second half. We're going to talk about the Falcons defense and how they match up against this 49ers offense. And this is going to be interesting because without George Kittle, without Elijah Mitchell, this could change the complexion of what the San Francisco team tries to do on Sunday. Uh, but before we talk about that matchup, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. 
With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is Dave Walker. I'm joined by Evan Birchfield. We're talking about the Falcons' Week 15 matchup in San Francisco against the 49ers. San Francisco is 7-6, and six, Atlanta 6-7. Six and seven. Both teams are in the race for the playoffs. Uh, if Atlanta wins this game, their playoff hopes uh, light up to a very serious consideration Yeah, uh, because they will have three games left after this one. Uh, two of those teams are the Lions and the Saints. Uh, obviously, the third one is the Bills, which I don't think anyone's predicting a win there. Um, but a win against the 49ers and realistically you can see this Falcons team finishing above 500 with a nine mm-hmm. and eight record. Currently. Uh, I just want to mention 538 um, who does like predictions and stuff. They are the Falcons as of now before the 49ers came at 12%, but then it jumps up to 42% if they beat the 49ers. Yeah. So. yeah. And in many ways they will be, I don't want to say fully in charge of their destiny where the playoffs are concerned because um, you know, that Buffalo game sort of loom, looms large, but uh, they will be, you know, in the driver's seat. They'll have a, a direct matchup with the 49ers where they'll have a win. Um, Washington is, you know, that loss to Washington hurts in, mm-hmm. um, you know, comparing the playoff positioning because Washington right now is that seventh seed. Um, but Washington has also suffered some key injuries, including to their quarterback. So that could. Yeah, they're playing like a practice squad guy, I think, this week. Yeah, literally. Um, And so, look, we've tried to shy away from the playoff talk on the podcast, but (laughs) realistically, this game, um, if the Falcons find a way to win it, the playoff talk gets really real. Yeah. I mean, legitimate. So. Like like we said at the beginning, this it just makes this team more interesting, man. <laughs> <laughs> it it does. I mean, and I don't understand why you wouldn't be at least excited, even if you're cheering for the draft. Like, if they miss the playoffs or they make the playoffs, like the draft order is going to be basically the same for them at this point. <laughs> like, like, there's not a whole because I I don't think any of us see them going in the Super Bowl. If they make the playoffs, they're probably a one and done. Yeah. But it's more of the the you know going in the off season saying, hey. You know, Arthur Smith got this team that looked, you know, complete ass in 2020 mm-hmm. to be a playoff team in 2021. Even though they expanded the playoffs, you know, that's still an achievement in my yeah. eyes. Um, considering with this roster, everything we've exactly everything we've seen with the roster this season, um, I would happily take that. So, yeah, hundred percent. Um, so, all right, let's let's talk about the 49ers offense, um, Evan, as you noted. As we talked about in the first half, George Kittle. Um, now he's he's trending in the right direction. He was limited. Yeah. Um, Elijah Mitchell, uh, you know, their top running back. Uh, that is, you know, those are things that could dramatically impact this matchup. Now, that said, <laughs> they still have one of the best weapons of football in Debo Samuel, as who mm-hmm. you just mentioned, um, has uh he's second in on the team in rushing. Um, you know, Kyle Shanahan, you know, is love him or hate him. He is a brilliant offensive line and he's finding ways to use these guys and to get productivity out of them. 
Uh, and look, this 49ers team, um, you know, they have scored 30 or more points six times this year. Um, and in recent weeks, they've scored, um, let's see here, uh, 26 last week, 23 the week before, 34, 30, 31, 17, 33. Uh, this is a team that can put points up. Now, they are not, uh, I think in some ways, because it's Shanahan, there's this expectation that they're, they're going to be one of the best in the league. They're only 13th in scoring, which again, is still, you know, they're mm-hmm. in the top half of the league, but I think a lot of people always expect Shanahan to have like a top five, top seven scoring offense. Um, they're only 14th in passing yards, but they're eighth in rushing yards. Um, and that is the thing. Like Shanahan, we saw it when he was here in Atlanta. He knows how to get a running game going. Um, and he's doing it, like you said, with guys like Debo Samuel. Uh, <laughs> that's his second <laughs> highest uh, rusher. And of course, you know, if you have George Kittle in there, which I, I would say he's probably going to play if he's already trending in this direction. Yeah, I think he's going to yeah. at this point. He, he's one of the best receiving tight ends right now, period. Um, one that he's, He probably is the best. Um, the worst thing is, too, he started the season like kind of rough. The last two games, he's been like really good. For lights them. out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, last week, he you could almost say he basically won them the game in overtime against the uh, – against the chiefs, but like, here's his numbers just over the last, uh, two weeks, he's had, uh, 20, 27 total targets through the air. Um, he's caught, what is this? 22. <laughs> so 22 receptions. This is sorry. I'm doing math here. 181 yards and then 151 yards. And then he had three total touchdowns over the last two weeks. Jeez. Like he's been going bonkers, which I mean, can, comparing like the weeks before where he had one catch for 13 yards, four catches for 34 yards, like the Falcons are finding him at the absolute wrong time. (laughs) And I think he's, I think I saw, I believe this stat was he's the first tight end in NFL history to have back to back weeks of 150 plus uh, receiving yards. So crazy. Yeah, is, I mean, I guess he breaks a record next week, or maybe, I guess he already <laughs> broke it, so he'll just extend it. But yeah, just finding George Kittle at the absolute worst time. Yeah, and that is with the Falcons uh, down the safety as well. You know, um, right? So not, not that it would matter. I don't know who's going to really guard. Yeah, him. He's I, just that good. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'd almost be inclined to put AJ Terrell on Kittle to to have any yeah. hope of trying to shut him down, but they're not going to do that. That's not the way they use AJ. Um, and honestly, you know, that, that's, that's the matchup that scares me. Kittle against yeah. any of our linebackers or safeties is going to favor Kittle. Now, look, Deion Jones in the past has been, you know, really good against tight ends, but that has not been the case recently. Um, he certainly has the athleticism. You know, he, Deion Jones can do it. He just has not been good in coverage the past couple of years, and it's been frustrating. Uh, and honestly, if you're looking at Daron Harmon or you're looking at Jalen Hawkins, you're thinking, yeah, they can limit Kittle. <laughs> no, no, they can't. <laughs> I don't I don't see any hope here. Kittle may get over 200 yards receiving in this. Yeah, um, it would. That wouldn't even surprise me. That's a sad thing. Like he's that dominant. Yeah, uh, he, he is an absolute beast. Um, PFF has him as their number one ranked tight end, incidentally. And yeah. look, the, the you know, the Falcons pass rush. Worst in the league, period. Like they're la- they're dead last in sacks, uh, and on top of that, um, 
the guy who is probably our best pass rusher right now, Dante Fowler, is trending in the wrong direction. He's not practicing. So uh, that does not look great. And going up against this San Francisco offensive line who has Trent Williams at left tackle, who is probably still the best left tackle in the league. I think PFF has him as like the number one left tackle. I can't he is. remember. You know, but his, he's been... you know his grade is? No. It's 99 like for the season? Yes, his grade. How is that even real? He has 99. A, he has an offensive grade of 99.0. Um, wow. A run blocking grade of 99.4 and the pass blocking grade of 83.2. Trent Williams at that 33 years old is a absolute monster. Um, yeah, I don't think people understand how like just insane that is. It's like if only- you agree with PFF or not like Right. Like that might be the best left tackle in the less in the last like 10 years, like according to that grade, because that's absurd. That's so high. Ninety nine It is. It's um, it, it's ridiculous. He has allowed one sack all year. He has yeah. allowed only six hits at oh. all <laughs> over all of the. Yeah, he has. There's a reason. Um, the only other player I could think of off the top of my head that I've ever seen a grade that high is Aaron Donald from PFF. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he, that's the kind of performance he's putting in this year. They've got Alex Mack at center, um, who is, you know, he's not the guy he used to be, but he is still a quality player in the middle. Um, the only weak spot they have is at right guard with Brunskill, but even he is playing. <laughs> Another former Falcon, right? Yeah, but. <laughs> he would be an upgrade right now over, um, you know, our left guard situation. <laughs> um, so honestly, I'm looking at this. I'm like, yeah, the Falcons aren't getting to Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, yeah. And Just got to hope he makes mistakes. Yeah, exactly. I, I couldn't have said it better. I, I think that is the Falcons best hope right now is that Garoppolo makes some mistakes because I, I think he's going to have plenty of time in the pocket. And honestly, you know, the, the Falcons, as good as their run defense has been uh, in recent weeks, and actually, you know, I mentioned it earlier, um, the Falcons' defense has improved pretty dramatically uh, in, in stopping the run over the past several weeks. Uh, and I think they're ranked 13th against the run as far as uh, yards per carry. Um, and they're 28th in points allowed. They're dead last in sacks. Uh, they have just 16 sacks on the year. That is so sad. Um, Wait, the Falcons have 16 sacks on the year? Yeah. So they have two more than Joey Bosa. Exactly. <laughs> That's not great. Or um, Nick Bosa. I'm sorry, not Joey Bosa. Yeah, Nick, Nick Bosa. Bosa. Um, well, he maybe Joey Bosa. I don't know his stats, but that is crazy. Yeah. So it, almost literally, um, I, I, I think we could see a situation where Bosa walks out of this game tied with the Falcons in, in sacks. Yeah. He has 16 and they have 16. Um, but like I said, the Falcons are 13th right now in yards per carry. Um, they're going to need that run defense to be on point, uh, because, uh, you know, Shanahan loves a balanced offense and for him, if we can keep them from running the ball effectively, uh, and I'm not saying that we can, but if we can keep them from running the ball effectively, uh, and put the ball purely into Garoppolo's hands, I think that's their best hope for a win. Um, but even still, I'm, I'm looking at the San Francisco offense. I'm looking at Kittle. I'm looking at Samuel. I'm looking at this offensive line and I'm thinking, 
I don't have a lot of faith that the Falcons have a great, um, a great opportunity here. So yeah, I, I can almost know. close my eyes and see Kittle catching a first down over and over and over, over and over. Yeah, <laughs> Kittle for twenty-five yards in the first yeah. down. And, and another player to mention, Brandon Ayuk, who like at the yeah. start of the season was in the doghouse. Um, he's been coming on late. I think he's got five uh, of his last six games. He's got five games of. Uh, having 50 plus receiving yards. Um, he's just been more trusted and used in their offense. And he's the kind of player. I mean, it kind of reminds me of, uh, I think it was Will Fuller against the Texans where that's how long ago it was, but where everybody was worried about somebody else. Uh, I think it was Hopkins at the time. And then it was Will Fuller who just went bonkers. Yeah. Like that's the kind of thing I could see as the Falcons kind of, you know, Kittle having like a quiet day. Uh, Samuel, you know, getting his, but having kind of a quiet day. And then like someone like Brandon, Ayuk just having his breakout game of the season. Um, and that's what makes me nervous about this team is like, obviously we know the offensive mind who's pulling the strings, but they have some talent, even if they're without Mitchell. Yeah. Yep. hundred percent. And that, and again, it comes down to Kyle Shanahan, um, yep. love him or hate him. The man knows what he's doing, uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Now, as for Garoppolo, um, you know, he is, he's been up and down this year. He's had some really good games. Um, he had a really strong game against Cincinnati. Um, you know, had 296 yards passing, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, but the week before against Seattle, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, it, he is sort of, that's really who he's been throughout his career, where he'll give you a good game and he'll follow it up with, you know, one where he's, he's costing you uh, points on the board. So um, the Falcons need to hope that the other one shows up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but he's, uh, he's not a player that like moves in the needle. Uh, it, he is only going to be as good as as much talent as you can surround him with. Um, so right now, but the, I mean, the thing is like, he's got Debo Samuel, he's got George Kittle. So he's, he, and he's got Kyle Hashanahan on the field with him. Um, so that is certainly going to make a big difference. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not feeling confident in that matchup at all. No. So. And the thing is too, and it, I guess it's kind of a lazy stat, but Looking at their losses, when they lose, he's having, you know, one or two interceptions in those games, except for one yeah. game where he didn't have any. Um, but all the other games where they've lost, it's he's had turnovers, and that's kind of what the Falcons are going to have to do. And they've been good at it lately, like we've seen Terrell, you know, get an interception. Obviously, everyone remembers uh, Michael Walker having his inter- uh, pick six. And then the uh, infamous thick six a couple weeks ago. Um, <laughs> they have to have those kind of plays against this team. Yes. And I know that's easier said than done, but they kind of have to. Yeah. That that's they need to get an opportunistic turnover or two yep. um, to have a chance in this game. I'm I'm 100 percent with you there. Um, all right. Let's wrap it up with our predictions, Evan. How do you think this one is going to play out on Sunday? The late afternoon game, incidentally, 4:30 for those of us here in Atlanta. Yeah. Um I mean, I want the foul. I'm on the like, let's go to the playoffs. Just even if we end up losing in game one, which I would expect, but I, I want to see the Falcons make the playoffs. So I'm hoping yeah. they win, but I'm not stupid. And I see like the 49ers <laughs> are, you know, they're, they're better than what their record says. Yes. Um, the NFC is just, it, it's really good. I don't think it's getting enough credit for how good the NFC has been this year. I mean, it's kind of top heavy, but the 49ers being seven and six, like they're a better team than that. Yeah. Um, and having the Falcons at home, I know I said that earlier, they haven't played terrific at home this season or last season, but 
you know, the Falcons having to go on the road like that where they've actually been good. So I'm like fighting against my own argument here. Um, <laughs> but I see the 49ers winning this one. Um, I'm going to say like 27 to 19. Like I think it'll, the Falcons will play competitive, but I don't think they'll get blown out. But at the same time, like this 49ers offense is just really good and going mm-hmm. to be probably a matchup nightmare for the Falcons. Um, it's going to take everything as me and DW discussed, uh, tonight or on this podcast um there's gonna have to be stuff falling right for the falcons yeah. um yeah also kyle pitts is gonna have to show up i mean he's yeah it's nothing against him he's a rookie i, I don't you know put any blame on him especially in year one but he's been just kind of a guy at this point like we've seen the great catches and stuff but he's not making the impact uh that we've seen like in the past obviously it was the jets but he made you know making a statement against the jets earlier in the season like we're going to need that kind of game from kyle pitts because you can see what a talented tight end can do yep. you know for an offense george kittle does it has been doing it the last two weeks um matt ryan's going to need a kyle pitts performance um along with obviously like patterson and gage and you know who el- whoever else but yeah uh i'm hoping kyle pitts kind of has like a breakout game randomly yeah, uh, let's hope so. Um, at the the odds right now have the Falcons as nine and a half point underdogs. Oh, that's um, great. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, just a correction: it is a four oh five game, not four thirty. Uh, oh, okay. Who will be watching on the East Coast? And uh, as for me, I think it's going to be closer than some people think. But uh, I'm going to stick with my original prediction from the Falcolic, which is forty nine ers twenty eight. Falcons 21. So I think they'll cover the spread. Um, but I still think the 49ers are just right now. They're, they're just the better team, um, you know, from top to bottom guys like Bosa uh, make the difference on the defensive side. And then guys like Debo Samuel and George Kittle make the def- you know, make that offense uh, a very potent one. And, you know, even if right now they're only 13th in scoring, I feel like they're going to go up to 10th after this game. I don't know. Um, you know, the, the Falcons defense has been improving but they've also been improving mostly against some bad teams. Uh, and San Francisco is not Carolina. San Francisco is not Jacksonville. Um, and, you know, the last time the Falcons faced a good offense, it was Tampa Bay and they allowed 30 points. So, uh, and that was at home. So, yeah, I feel like the 49ers are going to get their points, but I also feel like the Falcons um, can get theirs. So a little bit closer than the spread, but still ultimately the Falcons um, not winning this one. Incidentally, um, at thefalcoholic.com, you guys can go there to register your vote on our week 15 game preview and predictions. Um, Falcons fans at the Falcoholic right now have the Falcons winning uh, 64% have voted that the Falcons will win this game. So love the optimism from Falcoholic readers on this one, Evan. Um, clearly they are also in the let's see the the team get to the playoffs uh boat so <laughs> i mean it's more fun that way but also you can still do the draft talk because the position is going to be very similar regardless yes, yeah there are a lot of teams around 500 in the nfc yeah. um and it's not going to change dramatically for the falcons and probably not for all these other teams either so it's gonna be a weird wacky finish to the season here's the one thing i'll say though is if they do lose this game and you're still on the like pro like make the playoffs bandwagon, you got to cheer for the Vikings to be terrible and Washington to be terrible and the Eagles to be terrible. That's basically our competition at this point. But yeah. that would then take the Falcons to 
essentially win out. It, going two and two over these last two ga- uh, four games is going to be a difficult path for them to make the playoffs. They yeah. kind of need to be three and one. If they go four and zero, oh, I mean they're in three yeah. and one. They might need a little help, but they should be headed towards the right direction. But yeah, going two and two, uh, that's basically not going to cut it. Probably not. But of the teams you listed, entirely yeah. possible. They've got a meltdown. <laughs> yeah, but that's it's possible with those teams. Like, uh-huh. uh, so again, this could be a crazy finish to the season. Yep. Woo, really interesting. All right, Evan, um, on that note, remind our listeners where they can find you, what you have going on. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Birchfield and writing um, like the injury reports and stuff at falcolic.com. Um, follow all our social media accounts on Twitter at falcolic, on Instagram, the underscore falcolic, and then on Facebook, the falcolic. Um, that's about it, you know. Uh, I know we'll be back, you know, to talk about the post game and stuff so look for that on monday um and uh yeah thanks for listening yep uh as for me guys you can follow me on twitter at falcoholic dw updates for this podcast at falcoholic pod and of course our articles daily at the falcoholic.com so for evan birchfield this is dave walker thank you guys for listening in we'll talk with you next time